Hello and welcome to another episode of the Laura Sanzo podcast with your host, Laura Sanzo. Everyone's perception of the world is different based on their model of the world, and her goal is to celebrate that by building the most inclusive self development podcast. Laura and her guests share their stories and share invaluable strategies from the world of science, spirituality, business, health, personal relationships, and everything in between. We cover it all. Get inspired, learn to welcome adversity, understand the failures only feedback, and get ready to hear discussion on some of the most important issues facing us today. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Laura Santo Podcast. In this episode, we're looking at the world through the eyes of Sharon Nice, who is a storyteller, writer, mom, and resilience mentor. Welcome, Sharon. How are you? I'm good, Laura. How are you? I well, thank you. I almost forgot that mom part. I wanted to make sure I include that mom part because it's, I think, the most important title that we all hold and I'm partner and wife. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's um, it's a proud part of my employment, I think, or like my life, not employment, but like it's uh, definitely a huge part of my life being a mom. And I think, especially with what you do, I think, especially with resilience, we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but I think that's one of the greatest lessons you could probably give your kids especially in the world that we live in is resilience. Exactly. Yes. So Sharon, if you can tell us where your love for writing came from, and you know, we talk a lot about people using their voice and stepping in their power and such, how can people use writing as a vessel to have their voices heard? Well, you know, if I think back to a time when I was truly happy doing an activity, like something that I could do for like, three, four hours and not get bored. I think back to when I was 19 years old and I was backpacking through Europe on a tight budget, you know, staying at hostels and visiting museums. And I had a wonderful summer, but towards the end of my summer, I think I was all museumed out and partied (laughs) out. And all I wanted to do was to choose a small cafe in wherever I was and to sit down and to write. And I remember the feeling of like pure bliss, happiness, content, sitting there knowing that I had the whole day to myself and I was just there to write what I was feeling, write what I saw, anything. And I did that for a couple of days and like I said to myself, wow, this is amazing. So this is an activity that I love. And this is where it came from, I think. I love that because, you know, we're all kind of living in this fast pace that it's very rare that anybody, especially a 19 year old, actually stands still enough to like, Mm -hmm. whether it's mentally record or even just like write down what's going on around them. So that's amazing. And like, I kind of forgot about that time in my life. And, you know, I pursued I did pursue writing as a career and I went to school for it. I did communication studies and I wrote like screenplays and I wrote uh, things for advertising. And then I actually went into advertising and I was working as a copywriter. And if people don't know what copywriter is, it's you write the words to pictures. So I worked for a couple of different companies. The longest uh, client I had was Sears. It wasn't a very, very glamorous, but it was still <laughs> writing. And I forgot what it was like to really like to write down what I love about writing. I mean, I did write, but it was different. So I kind of put that blissful feeling of writing was in like in my head 
on hold and then another type of writing. So how do we're going to talk about the books, but how did the, the novel writing or the book writing start? So I was working in advertising for a couple of years and then I got pregnant and, you know, I gave birth and I went back to working as a copywriter and it just wasn't sitting well. Like I wasn't like, it wasn't like, yay, Monday. It, it wasn't, it wasn't right. And I had to follow my gut, but I wanted to continue writing. So I left my job and then I went to my local coffee shop near my house and I sat down and I started writing a story that was in my head. And I did this for about two to three hours, three times a week. I didn't write every day because I was afraid of getting a writer's block. And I just didn't, it was too intense to do every day. Plus I had, you know, mommy duties to do. Yeah. And <laughs> you were just talking about that. <laughs> help with a babysitter. So I was able to uh, write for a couple hours each, a couple times a week. And that's where the first novel started, which was uh, me and my so-called friends. Which we're going to talk about. I want to just stay with resilience for a quick sure. minute. What does that mean? To, what does resilience mean to you? And how do you share the power of resilience? Not only to your own children, but we're going to talk about how you work with youth as well. But how is that lesson? How do you share that lesson? And why is that lesson so important to you? I think it's, it's such a strong lesson. It is, it's resilience is huge. And I don't think it's could be taught in an hour or even weeks. I think resilience is something that you learn over time, the older you get. And but a great place to start and which you know is included. I guess I have to digress for a bit. Yeah. Me and my so-called friends comes with a teacher's manual. And it's called Brave the Waves. And it was uh, written by a, an Ontario certified teacher where it pulls out themes from the book. And uh, resilience is part of it. And it's all about preparing your toolbox and what's in your toolbox when you, you know you're going through a difficult day. You know, who can you call? Is there a bubble bath waiting for you at home? Is there a yummy dinner waiting for you at home? You know, do you have a friend that you can go to? These are things in your toolbox to help you get through the challenging times. That's your toolbox. Do you have a toolbox? I'm just curious now when you get through difficult things. I do. And I would say it changes as I get older, as I yeah. experience different things. I definitely have a toolbox and it definitely changes, especially as I learn more things because we're always a student right and what's yes. working for me what's not working for me by we were talking about our kids in the beginning but definitely having a teenager and I have I have a teenager and a son with autism so you know what's on the spectrum what's not but equally challenging things like anxiety social anxiety and such I could I could see where resilience is such a powerful lesson for for youth because it's something that they're gonna have to keep with them and have their their own tool bag as well and I love the fact that you say it changes over time and that's true like your ability to be resilient changes over time what you use for uh, your toolbox can changes over time everything changes and that is what is consistent with our lives yeah and you know the more you practice using your toolbox surrounding yourself with people that support and love you the stronger you'll be 
Yeah. So resilience, I wish it could be learned. Like here, take a resilience course. <laughs> it's not the case. It's learned over time, over experience, and who you, and who and what you surround yourself with. Where did the seeds for me and my so-called friends come from? Well, it was an amalgamation of what I experienced, what I saw, and my imagination. So it kind of, I didn't really have an outline. I just, I knew I loved writing. I knew I loved writing in a coffee shop and I just let it go. <laughs> so I, I just that. sat there and I, bleh, I just came out and then, you know, it's my first novel. So I didn't have experience writing a novel. So I really rewrote it, rewrote it, rewrote it, rewrote it again. It took uh, quite a few years. I took a break had another kid like, <laughs> it was, and also I wasn't psychologically ready for the world to read my book yet so there there was like a year or two where I put it on the shelf and my husband's like what about your book I'm like yeah what about my book and I just wasn't ready until then one day I was ready you know in your gut when you're ready to show your art your project your book whatever you know you're when you're ready you know when you're ready to start these podcasts right it, it's true it just it just I honestly had just started my, um, or just put together my website and the coach I was working with was like, you should write some blogs. I'm like, it just didn't resonate. It just it didn't, didn't, feel right. didn't feel right. But conversations I love, I'm like, mm, I'm going to start a podcast instead. But it was literally like, just very easily came to be. And that's exactly. Well, good for you that you listen you know. to your, your gut instinct and says, you know what? Writing is not going to work for me. Podcasts are. I love that. So in terms of the writing, I just want to ask you quickly, somebody that's going to listen to this and they're kind of like you in terms of they have something in their head, they have something that they want to put onto paper. What would be even just one little piece of advice for them in terms of like, just get started? For sure. I have actually a lot of pieces of advice because a lot of people ask me, how the heck did you write a book? Yeah. That's like the number one question. And it's actually like when I was younger, I used to think, oh my God, like how does someone write a book? It's, it's like any project. I realized people in business, people, they work on projects that take a year to two years. A lot of people work on projects, work on houses that take a year to two years to build from the drawings to the construction. So you have to admit, you have to like, not admit, but like realize that if you're going to start writing a book, it's going to take some time. You got to give yourself a year to two years and you got to just let it happen. And you have to have patience. Patience is a huge thing. So that's first thing is patience. Second thing is whenever you have a goal, you need to have a plan. You just can't, you just can't like go into it. So my plan was, and this may not work for everybody, but it worked for me, was that I looked at my weekly schedule and I decided to block off two hours. And I looked at where, I looked at my, like Monday to Friday. Okay, where can I fit in two hours of uninterrupted writing time? And I blocked it in. And then I, when I went to the coffee shop, this is before COVID, of course. Now I have a different writing spot in my home. But I would sit and I would write and I would allow myself to have writer's block. There were days where I wrote a lot and there are days when I, I have nothing to say today. Which happens to all of us. And yeah, it happens. It'll come the next time. 
and there are days that are a little bit. So you like allow the growth, allow mistakes, and also realize that you're going to rewrite it. Just like if you write something like, oh, that's stupid, write it anyhow, write it. It's fine. You'll edit later. Just start and, and just begin. I would think it must be almost meditative in some it, sorts. It, well, for me, it is like, it's like, oh my God, I get to write today. Like I get yeah. all happy and just like, it's like, yay. <laughs> I love it. And that's what makes it. That's what it's, that's why I'm a writer because I love it. If you don't love it, don't write. If you know, you feel like, you know, I want to write a book, but I, I, don't like writing, you don't have to. You could do a podcast. You can get your word out in other ways. No yeah. one's telling you you have to write a book, only if you really want to. You have to really want it. You say they have a vault of, of tales. So how do you collect your stories that you turn into lessons? Do you just in- Are we going back to get up now? Yeah, we're going to talk about get up for a minute. Okay, so let's start with get up. Tell us about get up because it's very different from me and my so-called oh, friends, right? It's very different. A hundred percent. Yes, it's a whole different book. So what? Ha- first of all, I have to tell you how it came to be. Yeah. So Lisa Borden, who has a communications marketing communications firm called Borden Communications, she lives in my neighborhood. She's part of my community and. Her and her daughter really loved uh, me and my so-called friends. Her daughter, Joy, read it a couple of times. I love that. Something, a book you can always go back to um, and read over again. And she, I told her, like, you know, I really love writing to middle school kids. And I, I think I have more to say. And she began working with David Newton and they have this Akira concept, which is, and oh God, I hope I get this right. It's just <laughs> a way to take care of your body, um, the proper way to move and to age gracefully. And they have workshops. So she started working with David and said, I think you guys should get together and do something. And then slowly over time, we decided let's write a book together. And I love telling stories. Like I love telling my kids. I remember when I was 16 and this happened to me. And I remember when I was 20 and this happened to me. And I remember details. So, and they actually like found it interesting or some stories that are interesting. Sometimes like, okay, ma, whatever. We heard that. (laughs) So I love writing stories and I had a lot of stuff, everyday stuff happened to me. So I just wrote it. And then how the exercise part came to be was when you read something, you have all these emotions inside and it's just, I guess you can, I'm trying to choose the right word. Um, It's very invigorating when you move your body afterwards, it makes the story more meaningful. It just makes you feel good and you just get more bang for your buck from reading and it's interactive. So the book is in four parts. There's a story part, which is about a 500 word blog about a lesson that I went through. Then there is a ritual, which is like an exercise, strenuous or non-strenuous, meditative or not. And then there, this is one of my favorite parts. We called upon 60 people. We call them our mentors. And they answered the question, what would you say to your teenage self? And these are people that are, are from my generation, Generation X, and maybe a little bit older. 
and they've been through, they've been through, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on, you know, yes. on your, <laughs> uh, they've been through businesses, they've been through failures, they've been through successes, and they've just been through life. They've got mm-hmm. wisdom. And they shared what they would tell their 13 year old or their teenage self. And those are just priceless. And I, as a Reiki practitioner, I love that you guys included a section on energetic cord cutting, which I thought it was amazing. I can't go back. I can't wait to go back to that chapter. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite chapter yeah. that you worked on? Yeah, it's so funny because there are 30 chapters in there. And I have to be honest with you. I have my favorite and I also have my least favorite. I have one like, oh my God, why did I write that? That's, that's terrible to say. <laughs> But you know what? Somebody's going to appreciate it. And I have to like, it's not, it's not all about me. So, so my favorite chapter is chapter 11. And, and that deals with hormones and where, when, you know, about uh, handling your mood and what to do and when you are in a bad mood. And it has to deal with PMS and I'll tell you a little bit about the story. Um, I was working as a cosmetician in a drugstore and we were all women. Hey, it was the eighties. <laughs> it, like it is today. And my boss would say, okay, ladies, when you have your period or before you, like just before you get it, tell me, and you don't have to deal with the customers. There is a closet full of hair dye that needs restocking, organizing, you will spend the day in the cupboard. And all I can say was, wow, thank you. I don't (laughs) want to talk to anybody when I'm on my period. I want everyone to leave me alone, but I still want to come to work. Yeah. So now some people say, that's terrible. She's putting you in the closet. Like that's like terrible, but actually like I really liked it. I was productive. I was still contributing to my job, but I was left alone. And I know a lot of people, a lot of women who never period, they go into the room, they close the door and they watch their Netflix or they read their books or they're just alone and they don't want to talk to anybody. Are you like that? Were you like that? Yes or no. Another thing that's kind of changed as I got old, as I'm getting older, not as much now as I'm getting older, but before, but I could tell you as an ex retail manager for a couple of decades, that's a very generous manager. (laughs) Oh, she was wonderful. And I, I, I'll never forget it. And that's why it is so, uh, that chapter is so meaningful to me. So I love that. I have a favorite chapter. We had talked about this a little bit, but I want to dig a little deeper into Brave the Waves program and how, what exactly it is and how you work with middle school students. Sure. So Brave the Waves um, is a teacher's manual that pulls out crucial themes that the book, me and my so-called friends, you know, present. So it was written by Deborah Rogers, who was a certified, um, certified Ontario certified educator. And the manual was written to support the government of Ontario's Open Minds, Healthy Minds initiative in 2011. And it covers several Ontario curriculum requirements and is extremely user-friendly for teachers and also for camp staff. Each lesson presents excerpts and activities that address the most complex challenges teens and middle schools are facing today, bullying and mental health. So there are 10 lessons in the manual and the topics 
include effective communication, stress and anxiety, healthy eating, facing challenges, building positive relationships, changing our thinking, belonging, social media, making good decisions, and then finally, building resiliency. So presently, it's in six schools. I love that. And I love it too. And I love it when they call on me to read in a couple of my favorite excerpts and to add, answer any questions they have. That's the best part. And I've actually even done it through COVID virtually. I just go on my screen and I'm there in the classroom. And I, I really love that part. I was actually going to say, can you imagine if you were, be, were able to foresee COVID and how more important that book is and the lessons now more than ever? Yes, it's very much needed. So the program and book is still available for any school that would like to purchase it. They can just reach out and contact me and I can discuss. And you also help others with their writing as well, right? No, no, I don't do any teaching well, writings. No, no. I, I thought you supported people with their writing as well. Well, maybe no. you're meant to. <laughs> oh, who knows? Who knows? But right now it's just, uh, I'm writing blogs, promoting my books. And I'm actually working on a third book as well. And I was going to ask you, like, what can yeah. we expect? Yeah. What's next is yeah. the third book that also has to deal with resiliency, but in a whole different way. It's fiction, completely fiction. And when it's ready, I'll let you know. Love that. Is there anything that you're feeling the need to share as we come to a close? Any intuitive downloads that you want everyone to, to know? Well, just, you know, if I can think of some things, uh, let's think... Um, Follow your gut instincts. I have learned that I'm going to be 51 in September. One thing I've learned in life is if it feels right, it's meant to be. Love that. So I that got goosebumps. So. <laughs> oh, good. I, I'm glad. So that is my one piece of advice. And also to uh, follow me on Instagram. Yes. So uh, my handle is Sharon Nice Arbus, S-H-A-R-O-N. N-E-I-S-S-A-R-B-E-S-S. And to get the books, they could go to your website. They can go right, they can definitely, they could private message me or they can go right onto Amazon and Perfect. they can Google my name and two books will come up. Gotta love Amazon. <laughs> I love Amazon too. I, I have to admit there's some great finds there. There are actually a lot of books called Get Up. So that's why you have to Google my name first, Sharon East Arbus, and you will find my two books there. But that. also if you want an autographed copy, I'd be happy to uh -huh. send one and um, yeah, e-transfer is easy. So That's so generous. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I'm looking forward to read Get Up and then hear about the third book that's coming out. So I'm excited. Will that be still this year or next year, probably? Um, I hope to finish my first draft by December. Um, so definitely will be next year, 2022. Yeah, but I'm having a good time writing it now. And that's right. the most important thing is to appreciate the journey. I was going right. to say, and it shows because you're glowing. So you must be oh, loving while I you're doing it. shower, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Sharon. 
Thank you so much, Laura. This was awesome. It was. We'll talk to you soon. Excellent. We hope you've enjoyed that episode of the Laura Sanso podcast. Thank you to our guests. To stay connected to host Laura Sanso, follow her at I am Laura Sanso or at the Laura Sanso podcast on Instagram. To learn more about Laura, go to www.laurasanso.com.